I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is Your Peak Daily for Wednesday, August 23rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Rock on, Peak Pals, and the contestants of the Air Guitar World Championships beginning today in Ulu, Finland. The contest has been crowning the best fake guitar god since 1996. If you're really strapped in for reasons to procrastinate today, you can even stream the event yourself. Jay, how are your air guitar skills? Can we expect you to enter into next year's competition? No, but my air guitar skills, I think, are pretty good, but maybe they take a backseat to my air drum skills. So maybe when the air drum skills come around, I might join that competition you. You know, I haven't competed since I was a kid. Every year we would go to the, it was back then, the DeMaurier Open. Now it's the National Bank Open, but the tennis tournament in Toronto. And there was on family day, a kid's competition to see who the best air guitar performer was. And I believe I won three years in a row. You're not kidding. Nope, I'm dead serious. Oh. I won three years in a row as a kid, uh, and I would get like free rackets and free stuff from the tournament. And so I'm no longer in my prime. I would say I'm a retired air guitarist, but there's no reason why I can't pull a Jordan and come back and be on top of the game again. I didn't know this about you. I can't wait to see it. And I'm going to scour the internet to see if it's on TV anywhere or on, a, on YouTube somewhere to see Brett do, I guess it's tennis guitar in this case. It's, they gave you a tennis racket and you had to play the tennis racket. So yeah, it's tennis guitar. It's a subcategory. If there is a picture of this, I would love to see it, Brett. For the rest of our Peak Pals, what do we have for them today? For our first story, the new race to the moon. For our second story, Meta launches an AI translator. And for our last story, Subway finds a potential buyer. For our first story, like vinyl records, Lunar Exploration is a 1960s favorite that's back in a big way. Brett, how are we getting back to the moon? Well, there's lots of activity going on here. So India's lunar lander, the Chattadrain 3, begins its descent to the moon this morning. If successful, it would be the first spacecraft to land on the moon's south pole and give India a leg up in the global rush to harvest lunar resources and establish lunar bases. This year has already seen two failed lunar missions, one by a private Japanese space company, iSpace, and the other by Russia's space agency, Roscosmos. And it matters because much like how nobody owns the bottom of the ocean, no one can own the surface of the moon. But that doesn't mean countries can't stake their claims. Creating a lunar presence brings geopolitical cachet and dibs on harnessing its economic value. Space policy expert Brian Whedon told Axios, Some people say whoever gets to the moon and controls the moon is going to have a massive political, economic, military power advantage, and it's going to propel them to dominate the next century. You know, you think we could have figured that out 50 years ago. Uh, to zoom out, the South Pole has become a high-priority area to explore as scientists believe it holds water, frozen in ice. Access to water is critical for any future base, both to be used as hydration and to cool equipment. Water could also be used to make new rocket fuel. Now, here's what's next. The U.S. is trying to establish a set of ground rules for the use of lunar resources, but China and Russia, which plan to build a moon base together, are holding out their signatures. For our second story, for anyone who tries to get by with only speaking English on vacation, Meta has introduced new technology that could help you keep the ball rolling. Now here's what's driving the news. The company has launched an AI-powered translation tool that lets users communicate through both text and speech in nearly 100 languages. Over time, these tools will be introduced across all Meta platforms, including Instagram and WhatsApp. Amazon, Microsoft, and OpenAI have all developed similar tools, while Google is building a model that can understand the world's thousand most spoken languages. 
And it matters because translation tools can help travelers transcend language barriers when visiting new places, from asking Tokyo locals for directions to explaining your gluten intolerance to a waiter in Rome, which is they will not be amenable to that no matter what language you're speaking, all without having to achieve Duolingo proficiency. But so impressive, the new generation of translation tools are far from perfect. New studies point to different forms of bias that tend to come through from deferring to the masculine form of words to often correctly translating audio from non-white users. These tools also pick up words, not meanings. An example from The Economist translate a request for a gluten-free meal to saying someone is, here's the quote, without gluten. Brett, are you without gluten? Uh, no, I love <laughs> gluten. The bottom line is, with improved translation tools, humans could miss out on the novelty of learning a new language to immerse themselves in a country's culture. Showing the waiter your phone to ask about the daily specials doesn't feel the same. It doesn't hit the same way, Jay. It certainly does not. For our third story, for sale, one lightly used sandwich chain. Price tag? About $10 billion. But that's a lot for subs. What's going on? Yeah, and subs that aren't even that great. Private equity firm Rourke Capital is reportedly closing in on a deal to buy Subway for $9.6 billion USD, adding a foot-long trophy to its collection of restaurants that also includes such great institutions as Arby's, Baskin-Robbins, and B-Dubs, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's good news for the sandwich chain, which has had a rough go since its glory days in the 2000s. It started its decline right about when its former spokesman, Jared Fogel, was arrested, kicking off a closing spree that would amount to about 900 locations yearly in the U.S. Subway has had its fair share of Canadian controversies, too, from peddling a $40 lobster sandwich in Nova Scotia to a legal battle with the CBC over its reports that the brand beefs up its chicken with soy. Yeah, but with nearly 3,000 restaurants, Canada has the second most subways after the U.S., and it's been tagged by the company as a key market for expansion. Subway has also seen success around the world, signing franchising deals for 9,000 restaurants abroad since 2021, including nearly 4,000 in China. Now, here's the bottom line. Despite questionable ingredients and bizarre marketing stunts, the Subway brand is valuable enough for multiple private equity firms looking to eat fresh. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a great Wednesday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.